The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Okay. Uh, thank you. Hello, everyone. It's Jonathan Simeone. Welcome to Demand Our Access. It's really nice to be back with you. Uh, Desiree and I did get married. Uh, we're all living in our new home. Um, so it's been a, a really interesting and uh, wonderful time for us with lots of stories, unfortunately, that will relate to future episodes of the Demand Our Access podcast. Uh, but it's really nice to be back. Um, from now on, for the foreseeable future, we'll be back in our normal first and third Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. So our next episode will be um, on, I believe it's September uh, 3rd. Uh, whatever the first Saturday in September is, that'll be our next one. Um, today, our topic is the just-released proposed rule by the Department of Justice on Title II web accessibility. So what this is... Uh, is the Department of Justice has proposed a rule that basically, if adopted, will tell state and local governments what it means to comply under Title II of the Americans with Disabilities Act far, as far as web accessibility goals. Um, what I have today is a presentation of the rule as it is now. Um, as I will talk about, you are free to comment about the rule. There are links in the uh, presentation that will go up online later this weekend on demand our access. Uh, there are links that you can use to access the rule um, and comment on it. So since there's this isn't um, really technical, um, I'm just going to play the pre-recorded portion and then we'll take questions and comments as we always do. There won't be a need for a break in the middle. Um, and just so uh, people are aware, because the rule is in what's called the proposed status, um, it's not going to be adopted soon. I believe the comment period closes on October 3rd, and then there's a review, and there the rule can even be changed based on the comments. Um, but the hope is that the rule will be adopted in a year or so. Um, sometimes they drag on for a very long time because political administrations change and things. The public rule on uh, accessible rights of way, for example, took, I believe, over a decade uh, to be finalized. Um, so this could be impacted by the next election. We just don't know. Um, but it's long overdue that the Department of Justice try this. Um, and so I think we should talk about it today. So folks know what's going on and maybe someone will feel like commenting on it in the future. Um, so with that, I will uh, mute myself and I will share the presentation Jonathan in just a moment is the and we'll be now. back for uh, questions and comments at the end.
it did register that you were sharing, but we didn't actually hear any audio yet. I made you. Yeah, I'm sorry about right that. I, I did it wrong. I will fix it. <laughs> I apologize. Screen sharing media controls. You will start a screen share. Press F6 to switch between open Zoom. Windows Media Player Legacy to move. Proposed Lift. rule on web accessibility under Title II. Introduction to the rule. On July 25, 2023, the Department of Justice, DOJ, released a proposed rule that if adopted, would clarify what state and local governments must do to have their web content be considered compliant with Title II of the Americans with Disabilities Act, Title II. You can read the entire proposed rule and comment on it at regulations.gov. Comments must be received by midnight Eastern Time on October 3rd. If you're only interested in the highlights, you can read a fact sheet about the proposed rule published by DOJ. Compliance Standard and Covered Content the rule would make version 2.1, level AA, of the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, WCAG, the compliance standard under Title II. The rule would apply to web content that a state or local government makes available to the public or uses to offer activities, programs, or services to the public. The rule would apply to mobile apps made available to the public or used to offer activities, programs, or services to the public. Exceptions. The proposed rule contains six exceptions. In most instances, content meeting one of the exceptions would not need to automatically be accessible. Archived web content. Web content meeting all three of the following factors would not need to comply with WCAG. The content is maintained only for research, reference, or record keeping. The content is kept in a special area for archived content. The content has not been changed since being archived. Pre-existing conventional electronic documents. 
web or mobile content meeting both of the following requirements would not need to automatically comply with WCAG. The documents are in certain file formats specified in the proposed rule like word processing, presentation, PDF, or spreadsheet files. The documents are available on the state or local government's website or mobile app before the date the state or local government will have to comply with the rule after the rule is finalized. This exception would not apply if the pre-existing document is currently being used by the state or local government to provide information or to enable participation in an activity, program, or service of the state or local government. For example, an online PDF form created in 2021 enabling people to request tax statements would need to comply with WCAG even though it would have been created prior to the rule taking effect. Content posted by a third party. Web content posted on a state or local government's website by a member of the public or that is otherwise out of the control of the state or local government would not need to comply with WCAG. States and local governments would not need to ensure all messages posted to their websites by the public comply with WCAG. But if someone with a disability requests access to content that did not comply with WCAG, the state or local government would generally have to provide access to that information. Linked third-party content. If a state or local government links to third-party content on an external website, the state or local government does not need to ensure the content on the external site complies with WCAG. If a town links to local businesses, it would not need to ensure the web content of the local businesses complies with WCAG. But if the town links to an external website to provide information or to allow people to access activities, programs, and services offered by the town, the town must ensure that the third-party web content complies with WCAG. If a town contracts with a vendor to allow for the processing of credit card payments, the town would need to ensure 
the third-party credit card processor complies with WCAG. Public Schools Password Protected Content Password protected content associated with specific classes or courses generally would not need to comply with WCAG. The exception would not apply under either of the following two circumstances. A student needing accessible content is enrolled in a class. A student is enrolled in a class and their parent has a disability resulting in the parent needing accessible materials. Individualized documents that are password protected. Web content meeting all three of the following factors would not need to comply with WCAG. The content is in certain file formats like word processing, presentation, PDF, or spreadsheet files. Files are about specific person, property, or account. The files are password protected. If a city provides PDF versions of individual water bills through its website, all of the individual water bills do not need to comply with WCAG. If someone with a disability requests their individual water bill be provided accessibly, their individual water bill would need to comply with WCAG. Proposed times for compliance. If the rule is adopted with its current dates for compliance, state and local governments will have different amounts of time to comply depending on their population. Local governments with a population of less than 50,000 would have three years from the rule's adoption to comply with the rule. Special district governments would also have three years to comply. A state or local government with a population of at least 50,000 would have two years to comply with the final rule. City school districts would use the population of their city when determining their compliance date. County school districts would use the population of the county to determine their compliance date. Independent school districts would use the population estimate in the most recent small area income and poverty estimates. Miscellaneous notes. In this section, I'm going to cover a few important items that didn't fit well in the other main sections, but that I wanted to share.
public colleges and universities. If a student enrolled in a class prior to the class beginning, course materials would need to be accessible as soon as the class began. If a student enrolls in a class after the class begins, the school would have five business days to make all of the course materials accessible. Any course materials added during the class would need to be accessible as they are added. Social media posts. Through the rulemaking process, DOJ is looking for feedback on how this rule could address social media posts created by state and local governments. The initial idea is to have all social media posts produced after each state or local government is required to comply with the rule, follow WCAG to the extent that the social media platforms allow for conformance with WCAG. But DOJ is looking at how to address social media posts, including content posted to YouTube that will have been created prior to compliance being required. Alternative websites. The proposed rule only allows alternative websites to be used to provide accessible web content when a state or local government can show that making the existing web content accessible would be impossible or if one of the existing defenses available under Title II would apply. ADA defenses. I'm not going to spend much time here because we have covered the defenses available under Title II in the episode on Title II basics. But to provide a quick reminder, state and local governments would need to comply with this rule unless they could demonstrate that doing so would result in a fundamental alteration of their activities, programs, or services, or if compliance would result in undue administrative and financial burdens. Effective communication. In the episode about effective communication, I covered all of the requirements state and local governments have around effectively communicating with people with disabilities. This rule would not limit any of those requirements. That's why a state or local government would need to make archived web content, which is otherwise not required to be accessible under this rule, compliant with WCAG if requested by a disabled person. My thoughts on the proposed rule. 
On balance, this proposed rule is well done. If it was law today, there is a reasonable chance that the web content offered by state and local governments would be far more accessible than it is today. But I have already begun commenting on the rule because I hope it will be improved by the time it is finalized. Comments I have or will share with DOJ include the following topics. The rule should address and account for the inequity behind the development of WCAG by requiring manual testing to be done by native users of assistive technologies. The rule should not expressly adopt version 2.1 of WCAG. Version 2.1 is likely to be outdated prior to the rule being finalized. The rule should expressly address audio description. Even though audio description is called for in all pre-recorded content under WCAG, it is almost never provided by state and local governments. Given the amount of information state and local governments are now communicating through maps, data visualizations, and other methods of web content that provide little to no accessibility and that aren't really covered in WCAG, the rule needs to specifically address these methods of communicating information on the web. And that's the end of our discussion on the proposed rule for web accessibility under Title II. Okay, everybody. Um, so now we're back for questions. Will we get those ready? Um, I just wanna point out that I checked the date and the next uh, version of this podcast, Demand Our Access, will be Saturday, September 2nd, not the 3rd, as I said earlier. So in September, we'll, we will be going on the 2nd and the 16th of September. Um, if anyone has any topic ideas, uh, anything uh, they think we should cover, you can please reach me through the contact form at demandouraccess.com or by email at jonathan at demandouraccess.com. Uh, I always love to hear from folks. Um, I consider your feedback uh, very seriously. Uh, so please share that with me. Um, and now I will see um, Nikki and Katie if we have any questions and or comments about the proposed Title II rule on web accessibility. Okay, so I'm waiting here. I have not seen <clears throat> any raised hands yet. Do we have anyone in Clubhouse? I don't think we have Clubhouse today. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure. So yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just give it another minute or two. Um, and it, it was pretty straightforward. So it may be that folks um, don't have any questions or comments, which is fine. I do want to encourage people. I will post the um, 
the recorded portion as well as the text to demand our access sometime this weekend. Um, I do encourage people to look at the rule itself and to comment. I know uh, the comments really can make a difference. When I was there um, yesterday morning, there were only 43 comments so far. Um, and a lot of them seem to come from uh, local government people, not the disability community. Um, so it would be really helpful if uh, folks were interested, if they would comment. I will say that when I comment, even though I work for a local government, um, I am commenting from my personal email address. I'm commenting for myself. Uh, and I'm doing that because I'm sure my employer may not agree with a lot of my comments. So, um, but I think it's important for that us as people with disabilities that we participate in these rulemaking processes um, to the extent that we can. Um, so again, if you're interested in commenting, the, the deadline is October 3rd at midnight. You can comment online. Um, they also have a, a mailing address that you can see that you can comment through that if, you, if that's uh, more suitable. Um, so please give it a shot. Um, do we have any questions or comments? Not yet, no. This is strange. Well, I, hmm? This is different. Usually we have somebody. Usually we have lots of them, but this may, this, um, you know, a proposed rule, it may not. I, I wanted to cover it because it, it literally came out like a couple of weeks ago. It's timely. It's a chance where folks can really make a difference. Um, but it it's it's not affecting anybody's rights today. And it, and it, you know, it is pretty straightforward. So it may be that folks don't um, have any questions about it, which is which is great, um, but we can also entertain questions about the rule process if people have those questions. Um, I'll just hang out here, we'll give it another minute. I don't wanna um, take up everybody's Saturday if we really don't have any questions or comments, um, but I wanna make sure anybody who does has an opportunity to get in. Yeah, let me just say quick, <clears throat> just if you don't mind, John, uh, Jonathan, mm -hmm. As somebody who works in the industry of providing technical support and working for a screen reader vendor, um, it, it, this would definitely be a good thing. And, uh, you know, the sad thing is a lot of times we, we get people that call us for tech support and they think that it's our job to make their stuff accessible. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's really sad because, you know, we have to tell them, look, you need to make this accessible for everybody, not just mm -hmm. our screen reader, our product, but everybody. And if we were to just make it work with our product and just script it or whatever, then that's not going to help anybody else. So our approach is always to tell people to do that. Absolutely. And I also want to say, I personally hope that this is the precursor to a rule on Title III, which would apply directly to uh, places of public accommodation, so the businesses that we deal with. And my suspicion is that um, DOJ is starting with Title II and state and local governments because it's easier to get them into compliance. 
Um, but if we wind up with a really good rule on Title II, um, there's a better chance that we will get a better rule on Title III. And I will say, in all honesty, the Title II rule is actually better than I would have thought. Um, so I think we're in a good place. But as I said in my own comments, it could be strengthened. I'm sure people have ideas that, that I haven't talked about here. Uh, and the more feedback they get, um, the better it's going to be for us, I hope. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I think it's it's really important um, if you have the time and the, the knowledge and the, the energy to just put it out there. And again, you don't have to be an expert on this stuff. These are public comments. You don't have to be a grant writer or a lawyer or a WCAG expert. Uh, to comment on this. This is a chance for anyone in the public who wants to comment on the proposed rule to say whatever you want to say about the rule. Uh, and it's the only real way, because as I covered in a previous podcast, since the WCAG process really excludes people with disabilities, this is one of the best ways we have to help determine what it will mean or entities to be compliant on the web and through mobile apps. This is a great opportunity that we have. Um, and so I really hope lots of folks will um, consider uh, taking the opportunity. And I will say if folks do that and they wanna share their um, responses with me through demand our access, um, and even if they're interested, maybe sometime we can have an episode where we talk about how people commented on it and what people said and why, I think that may be interesting too. Um, so keep that in mind if you're interested. But I guess I will ask one more time if we have any questions or comments. Uh, not at this point. No, we don't. Okay. And in that case, I will thank you, Nikki and Katie, for helping me today. Um, I want to thank Wait. the folks. Oh, Wait, we I want to thank the folks at ACB Community. Uh, and uh, do we have something? I thought we did the way it was talking, but no, we don't. If, it just... if somebody if somebody was trying to raise their hand, I'll give them another few seconds to do that if they thought I was going to end. If you're out there and you have something to say, I really do, do want to hear it. So going once. Nope. Going twice. And gone. So thank you, everybody. Yep. And we'll be back on September 2nd. I hope everybody has a nice weekend.